good morning, everybody. Welcome to church. We're glad you are here. If you're watching online, man, what a joy to have you. If this is your first time kind of here at Faith Church, welcome. We, we love helping people take their next steps, and sometimes just the first step is a big one, and uh, that's simply tuning in or attending, and so thrilled to have you today. If you're online, man, would you put your name in the chat right now? Uh, we want to go back through and see those things and pray over every name that kind of comes across the screen this week and just kind of one of the things we love being able to do. And so whether you're in the room or online, it's always good to be together. And uh, I've got, got a message that I want to bring to you today from our collection, Practice Prayer. And uh, we just wrapped up as a church 21 days of prayer and fasting, these 21 days. And so uh, some of us, we, we broke our fast like right at like 12.01 this morning. Like, all right, let's go. We're going to find some meat, steak, and eggs for breakfast. That wasn't mine, but maybe that's kind of how you rolled today. I, I do want to encourage you, um, if you participated in the fast in, in, in any way, whatever kind of was uh, your way of participating, I want to encourage you to stop and ask God this week, Lord, is there anything that you want me to continue to do throughout the rest of the year that I started over these 21 days? Maybe it's a, a rhythm and a pattern. Maybe it has something to do fasting, dietary things. Maybe it has uh, to do with limiting media or social media, or maybe you just continue to use the Lectio 365 prayer app. Whatever you've done, just ask the Lord, Lord, what you want me to continue to do. You've got 21 days of momentum and habit built up. Why not go ahead and continue on in a way that allows your heart to stay surrendered to the Lord? We are in week four of this uh, collection practice prayer. And last Sunday, I brought a message all about intercession, how God invites us to partner with him in this world that we live in, through something called intercession, where we're praying for other people. Inter intercession, I know it sounds like a really churchy word, but it simply is this. It's prayer that kind of interrupts a process or a scenario, a situation that maybe is already in process because you prayed. God wants to intervene on our behalf and in our world, and often he waits to initiate that for us to pray and, and intercede on behalf. Pastor Jack Haver said it like this, without the intercession of God's kingdom rule through prayer, earth's circumstances will succumb to inevitable consequences. In Matthew chapter 6 verse 10, this is kind of our, our key verse today, it says Jesus was teaching us to pray and he says that's why you pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want to zero in on those four words today. Your will be done. Would you say those four words with me out loud? Type them in the chat. Let's, let's say those together. Ready? Let's go. Your will be done. First uh, John chapter 5 and verse 14 says this. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything, According to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. Psalms 5 and verse 3 says this, In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. I lay my request before you, and don't miss this next part, 
and wait expectantly. And I wait expectingly. This understanding that God hears us was not foreign to the first century follower of Christ. It's not foreign to God's people, the children of Israel. In fact, in Hebrew, the word hear is the, is the Hebrew word shama, which means to hear, but it's not some passive hearing like you would maybe do with your spouse. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, uh-huh, got it. Where you're just nodding and smiling. Words are coming in, but nothing is really processing yet. No, no, it's this hearing that is, God, you not only heard it, but you are active in your listening and waiting to respond. So for, the, for us as followers of Christ, there's this understanding that when we pray, we need to expect not only does God hear, but he desires to act in good ways towards us. That's, that's how we should pray. But friends, I think we would recognize that not always does the prayers that we pray seem to come true. There are some prayers that we pray that we have yet to see them be answered. And that's what I want to talk a little bit about today, this understanding and edging into this conversation of unanswered prayer. Let's pray together. Father, Lord, as we open your word, we know it to be true. I pray, Lord, that you would speak to us personally. I pray that you would speak to us in profound ways. God, I pray that today as we open up scripture that you would be honored, you would be glorified, and you would help us stay centered on Jesus as we learn to pray, your will be done. But Lord, We know that we don't have sometimes because we don't ask. So, Father, today, we use all of our faith to say, would the Kansas City Chiefs, God, please win? In Jesus' name and all God's people said. I'm going to need more faith than that, friends. You're going to have to give me a little, little more unanswered prayer. Unanswered prayer. You know, there is this expectation on God's part that we would indeed pray, that we would indeed pray. Uh, Prayer is forming something within us. Prayer is, is bending our will to God's will. Prayer is what gives entrance to God's work on our behalf and his work in us. Prayer is not a magic trick. Prayer is not some magical potion or sequence of things that if you always pray it this way, you can put your money in the vending machine, hit D7, and guaranteed you're going to get the Kit Kat bar that you long for from Santa Claus God in heaven. That's not prayer. On one hand, the results are always up to God, and on the other hand, prayer is always what God asks of us to do. There is this understanding that that God longs for us to pray. And so he teaches us to pray, your will be done. And when we get to this point of the Lord's Prayer, we've said from the very beginning that the Lord's Prayer is not just a prayer that we pray, but the Lord's Prayer is a pattern or shows us different modes of prayer that we can participate in. 
just like your car might have different modes that you could switch it into, right? You've got like eco mode, you've got standard mode, you've got snow mode, and you've got my favorite sports mode, right? Because if you ain't first, you last, right? Like there is this mode that we switch. It's the same car, but a different mode. And these different things that we've been talking about through the Lord's Prayer are helping us learn different modes of prayer. And so when we get to this stopping point of your will be done, we have an opportunity to acknowledge that in prayer, what we really want is God's will, not our will. And if we need to pray for God's will to be done, that first includes that we need to recognize that we do have a will. And we do have a part to play. And sometimes the prayers that we pray according to our will just don't get answered. And sometimes they do. And how do we respond in moments when we're praying and we're longing and we find ourselves in a spot where it's just unanswered? Jesus prayed a prayer one time that seemed like it was a peek into the heart of his humanity when he was in the garden, and and you see it in Luke 22, I think it is, and, and Jesus is sitting there praying, and he's saying, Lord, if there is any way for this to happen, if there's any way for redemption to come to your people, if there's any way, God, where we could establish an avenue through which people can have a relationship with you again, God, if there's any way that this could happen without me dying on the cross, please, Father, Let this cup pass for me. We get a glimpse into the humanity of our Savior who allowed his heart in that moment to be expressed. His human will was being expressed. But yet, he understood, nevertheless, not my will, God, but your will be done. And when we get into this moment of the Lord's Prayer, we are recognizing that we need to see and say, God, not my will, but your will. Because sometimes, friends, the prayers that we pray don't get answered in this side of heaven. They don't get answered in our lifetime. But does that mean we stop praying altogether? No. It means we still pray. What what do we do? How do we reconcile these things? I love this poem that I came across this week from Miss Ophelia G. Browning. It says this, unanswered, yet the prayer your lips have pleaded in agony of heart these many years. Does faith begin to fail? Is hope departing? And think, you all in vain, those falling tears. Say not the Father hath not heard your prayer. You shall have your desire sometime, somewhere. Unanswered yet. Nay, do not say ungranted. Perhaps your work is not yet fully done. The work began when first your prayer was uttered, and God will finish what he has begun. And if you will keep the incense burning there, his glory you shall see sometime, somewhere. Unanswered yet, faith cannot be unanswered. Her feet firmly planted on the rock. Amid the wildest storm, she stands undaunted, nor quails before the loudest thunder shock. She knows omnipotence has heard her prayer and cries, it shall be done sometime, somewhere. I love this depiction of the life of a person who is praying. 
because it helps us edge into the understanding that we continue to pray, but yet on one hand recognize that some prayers still go unanswered. And it is in these moments and in the realm of our unanswered prayer that often we find an invitation to lament. See, in the moment when we're willing to acknowledge that a prayer has gone unanswered and yet still remain in a place surrendered to the will of God, we are invited to experience the joy of what is called lament. The joy of an honest sorrow before the Lord to allow us to experience a perspective of God that we would not have been able to see otherwise. See, it's within the um, uh, uh, it's, it's within the experience of having an, a prayer go unanswered that we know what it's like to be disappointed. To have an expectation go unmet. And the beautiful thing is, if God always meets your expectations, then he never has the chance to exceed your expectations. And Paul lets us know that we serve a God who likes to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you would ever ask or think. So is it that we expect or that we don't expect? Should we pray and just throw it up to God and let him figure it out and not really believe anything when we pray? No. We see it clearly in scripture that when you pray, you pray in faith. When you pray, you pray with confidence, knowing that God hears you. And if God hears you, you know that you can ask. And whatever it is that you ask, he wants to do on your behalf. So there's this understanding that when you pray according to the will of God, you can pray with confidence. You can pray according to scripture. You can pray the truth. You can pray what's honestly in your heart. And you feel like you're standing in between two different ideas that seem in conflict. But they're really not. Let me illustrate it like this. I have some, some dumbbell weights up here. And um, I really do believe um, that the longer I've been studying Scripture, I've kind of come to this place of belief in what God's Word shows us, that, um, that there are often two sides to the same theological coin. Same coin, different theological perspectives, but the same God. In other words... Do we pray with expectation and faith what's in our heart? Or do we just pray, God, your will, whatever? And we're never actually bringing our own heart into the mix. The answer is yes. Do, God, do I, do I pray and I believe or do I just leave it surrendered to your will? Yes. Is God sovereign or does, does man have free will? Yes. Do I have to forgive other people in order to receive forgiveness? And didn't God provide forgiveness for free at the cross? Yes. Is it a matter of giving grace? In other words, is God a God of justice or is a God a God of mercy? Yes. And often what happens in our lives is we find ourselves aligning with certain theological understandings and what we really do is only live with one weight in our hand. And, and then we wonder why sometimes we end up in circles because we're a little lopsided in how we approach. And so then we swing the pendulum to the other side. It's like, well, that's not working. I better try it this way and approach God this way. And then it doesn't seem to be working there either. And we wonder why we feel so off-kilter, off-centered in our lives. It's because we haven't allowed ourselves to be fully weighted equally 
into understanding that sometimes in Scripture, into the things of God, there are both mysteries and there are both mysteries that are explained. There are both things that we can know with confidence and things that we only can know through a sense of trusting in God. It's a both and. And I have found that if you are willing to live open-handedly enough to, to, to recognize that much of what we're pursuing is, is two sides of the same coin, then we can find ourselves recognizing that we are better grounded and centered as we move forward. You ever been trying to carry luggage upstairs, but you only have luggage in one hand? It's like a... So bored and awkward looking. But when you find yourself rooted that like God's word talks about this to where you trust him and everything and he's sovereign and his wills are going to work out and we trust in that. But at the same time, he tells us that you've given he, he's given us authority and he wants us to pray in faith and pray believing and understanding these things. And so which one is it? find ourselves better weighted under the tension of what it is. We find ourselves growing in a strength of our faith that allows us to walk a cadence that is more balanced, more centered, and we want to stay centered on who Jesus is and what it looks like. Yeah, but, but pastor, I prayed, and they didn't get healed. Therefore, God doesn't heal. It's not his will to heal. Baloney. You can't read enough scripture and see that God isn't a healer. He is. But I didn't experience it. I know. We have to find ourselves in a moment where we get to experience the joy of lament. We find ourselves in a place where this unanswered prayer leaves us unquestioned, and what we can't do is just drop the weight. I moved my toe out of the way. Thank God. We would have been praying for some real healing right there. What we can't do is throw in one side and say, well, therefore, God didn't answer this prayer, then God doesn't answer any prayer. Friends, we have to be careful. Can I give us a little warning here? Unanswered prayer, if we are not careful, can lead us to a transactional approach to God. Well, God didn't answer this prayer. I'm not doing this anymore. Peace out, God. I'm done following you. You can't be trusted. Well, if I really want God to to answer this prayer, I probably ought to start going back to church. I mean, my marriage is falling apart, and I guess I probably ought to start doing better, so maybe God will start listening to my prayers. And And we think that somehow our behavior qualifies our prayers to be heard by God more so than other people. We find ourselves in this transactional approach to God where we are trying to get God to do our bidding. And while God does not have a problem with your heart and your desires being expressed, at the end of the day, part of what we have to be able to do is to come and say, God, not my will, but your will be done. And when we pray that, we get get the joy of acknowledging that sometimes prayers go unanswered. The question is, well, why do we, why, why, why God? Why, why, why don't prayers get answered? I want to offer three thoughts today that will kind of help us create a framework to kind of understand why some prayers may not get prayed. But I got to give you this caution. Brothers and sisters, I have found in my life that asking why 
is a question that God often leaves unread. We get ghosted oftentimes by God when we continually are asking why, 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 why. It's not that he doesn't know and won't reveal it, but oftentimes I found the better question is what now? Not why, why did this, why did that? But God, what now? What what now do you want me to do? And I want to answer that question for us today too, but I want to offer a few kind of ideas or a framework for us to think about like what I believe is as evidence in scriptures to why some of our prayers don't get answered and what we should do in response. What now to this, to this idea? The first, uh, let me give it to you real quick and then we'll go back and talk about them. The first kind of framework is the world order. The second one is the war around us. And the third is the ways of God. So the, the world order, the world around us and the, the ways of God. Why don't prayers get answered? It seems that this idea of world order, that there are some prayers that we are praying that would be contradictory to the natural laws and the way the universe is designed to run. And that when we pray those prayers, those those prayers tend to seemingly go unanswered. Prayers like, God, I pray you would help me ace this test, but you haven't studied a darn lick for the test. Tends to not be answered real well. Really, God, would you heal my lungs as you light up one more cigarette? It's prayers like, God, protect your angels. Give me your angels. Let them protect me as you jump off the building without a parachute. That's a prayer that's kind of contradicting a lot of natural laws in the world in which we live, violating laws of gravity and all sorts of things. In fact, Jesus was tempted to do this. The devil came to Jesus and said, hey, if you throw yourself from here, you're God's son. Surely the angels will help you out. And Jesus responded to the enemy and says, no, no, don't you understand? You don't get to put the Lord, the God, to the test like that. That's not really what prayer is for. Friends, I believe that we serve a miraculous God, absolutely. But it seems that sometimes the prayers that remove our work, our participation, or violate natural consequences of the world order that God instituted go unanswered oftentimes. Now, God does override those things miraculously by his sovereignty, and often he did it in Scripture to protect his people, and to allow his word and his will to succeed and to go forward. Things like the children of Israel were in a battle, and and they prayed, and God made the entire sun stop moving so that it wouldn't become nighttime and they could win the battle. That's a pretty God-baller move right there, if you ask me. And we don't have any examples that there were negative ramifications to the science in our world when that happened. Why? Because God is the God who created the cosmos. And if he decides to pause, he knows what all to pause and how to restart it in a way so nothing misses a beat. There's only one time in scripture where a Jericho march actually worked. Just one. And they shouted at the Lord's command and the walls came crumbling down. And to be honest, I'm glad it wasn't just the shout that did it. Because my kids yell all the time in my house. And my insurance premiums would be through the roof if every time they yell, walls started to crumble down. That would be a problem for us. Violate some natural physics and laws of things. But yet God still does those things. 
And those instances seem to be a result of God's sovereignty of knowing the beginning and the end and knowing how best to interrupt and interact in a way so that God's ways and his people are protected and loved and move forward. And they're not necessarily a guarantee because of your petitions in that mode. Another, the second one that we talked about, so so we got the world order. That kind of helps us understand, okay, I can see why that prayer doesn't get answered. Yeah, I recommend not jumping off a building. Yes, absolutely, Pastor, I'm with you there. So so the world order, then the second way to think about this is maybe the war around us. In other words, it's the enemy and the forces of evil that we can't see in what the Bible talks about as the heavenlies that often hinder and disrupt and come against us in a way to which they actually are succeeding for a period of time in our lives. So they are thwarting the plans of God because the enemy is attacking and advancing in those things. Now, I'm not going to spend a long time unpacking that one today. Why? Because the very last message in this collection is all about spiritual warfare. Another mode of prayer that the Bible calls us to is this spiritual warfare in our prayers. So we're going to unpack it later in the series. And some of you are like, I've got so many questions. I know, I know, I know. I'm not going to answer those questions today. We'll talk about the unseen and the heavenlies and demonics and all that sort of stuff that the Bible teaches at the end of this collection in a few weeks from now. Got to come back. But the war around us hinders our prayers from being answered. And the third is this, the ways of God. The ways of God. Praying in a way that would come against or violate the character and the heart and the, and the purposes of God, the ways of God. Look, look at James chapter 4 with me. James chapter 4, he says it like this. It says, you desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. Well, that ought to alert us to some things. Sometimes the things that we thought we prayed for, maybe we didn't pray for. Pastor, what do you mean? I mean, complaining about it isn't the same thing as praying about it. Asking someone else to pray for it isn't the same thing as you praying about it. Is there anything wrong with asking people to? No. We, we invite you every week to come and get prayer, whether in the chat or in our prayer spot. We have people who we love to pray for and with other people. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's still not you praying for it. Remember, prayers about your heart being aligned with God's heart. Prayers about your will coming in agreement with God's will. Prayer is about you and your relationship with God. God is after your heart. And he tells us here that you don't have because you don't ask complaining about it on Facebook isn't the same thing as praying about it. Forwarding an email telling people to pray about this thing isn't the same thing as praying about it. Worrying about it at night and laying in bed thinking about it and concerned about it and fretting about it, it's not the same as praying about it. You don't have because you never actually prayed. He's waiting to talk to you. He's waiting to talk to you. He goes on to say, and when you do ask, sometimes you don't receive because you ask with the wrong 
motives. I love how the New King James says it, because you ask amiss. You are way off target with that one. Nice try, champ. Try again, right? Like, like this, you missed. It, it was off a line. It was wrong motives. When we pray with selfish motives, so our will is done, our kingdom comes, our preferences are done, God often says, nah, there's some more work I need to do in your heart first. Sometimes our prayers don't seem to be answered because sin impacts our life. If you keep reading in James, he, he goes on to say that God is opposing of the proud, but he will give grace to the humble. And as long as pride is puffing up like a peacock in your life, you will often find yourselves in a place where some of the prayers that you're praying are falling on deaf ears, it feels like where prayers are going unanswered. Uh, Isaiah talks about that there are things that our sin keeps us from coming to God. Pastor, are you saying that, that if I don't get healed and I'm praying for something, it's because I have sin in my life? No. And maybe. Maybe. Well, then God must be trying to teach me something. Yeah, to pray in faith. Like it's, He's not punishing you. And I think sometimes we live with this idea that if something bad is happening in my life, I'm being punished. No, Jesus already took your punishment. Oh, I'm about to get preachy up in here. It's not. There's this understanding, but it could be. I've heard some people say, and it breaks my heart, well, you just didn't have enough faith, brother. Oh. I don't have time to unpack how bad that theology is. Jesus said all it takes is a little bit of faith. And you can move an entire mountain if you want. It's both I need faith, but sometimes I don't feel like I have enough faith. And we find ourselves in this place, but sometimes, friends, if our motives, if our heart is not in the right place, here's what I know. Here's what I know. You can be praying a prayer as long and as hard and as full of faith as you want, but until the good in your heart is done, until good is flowing from within you and is existing around you, you ought to just keep praying because God is still at work. It doesn't matter because God is wanting to work something out. He's wanting to do something, and so we've got to continue to pray in faith and fully surrendered at the same time. We need to pray in a way that says, God, I don't, I don't know if this is going to happen, I, but I want it to happen, God. But at the same time, God, even if it doesn't, I'm still following your will and ways. It's a both and way of praying to God. And sometimes we're praying and prayers aren't answered because God's ways are still trying to work some perseverance in your life. Because if God always answered your first prayer or the first time you prayed it, Pride would be awful easy for you to walk in. God is trying to develop ways, his ways in your character just as much as he is in your faith. It's a, sometimes it's like this. Friends, this is a very nuanced conversation and every situation is different. And why, why, why? That's why why doesn't always be the best question. But it is a question in our hearts because the unanswered prayer often is quite painful. We feel heartbroken. Friends, I, I came to give you some comfort today, though. 
unanswered prayers doesn't mean that it was an unheard prayer. Just because the answer hasn't come yet, just because the answer may not come on this side of heaven, just because the prayer might not be answered in this generation, but in a generation to come, just because the prayer isn't being answered in your lifetime doesn't mean the prayer wasn't heard. Unanswered prayer doesn't equal unheard prayers. In fact, we see scripture teaching us the exact opposite. In fact, in Romans 5, it says that there's like this bowl of incense in heaven, and it contains all the prayers of all the saints for all of time. God hears you when you pray, friends. We can be confident of this. This is why Jesus taught us in Luke 11 to keep asking, to keep seeking, to keep knocking. That's why in, in Matthew he tells us that don't you understand that you have a heavenly father who loves you. You don't need to put on airs or performance or try to approach it in some transactional way. You can with childlike faith and simplicity just ask your father in heaven and tell him what is on your mind and tell him what's on your heart. I pray we never educate ourselves out of a childlike faith and wonder from a God who loves us and is smitten with us. If you are living in a place where you are educating yourself with an interpretation of scripture that leads you to a place where you are not remaining in childlike faith before God, you need to pick up the other dumbbell. You are getting out of balance. It is both and, friends. Jesus came to show us what the Father looks like. Friends, can, I came to encourage somebody today. I know you've maybe had some unanswered prayers that have wrecked your life and maybe even caused a crisis of your faith. But I came to announce to you today that the pain of today's unanswered prayers can be met with a promise of tomorrow's deliverance. God told Abram in the very beginning, I'm gonna make you a great nation, and one day, and, and you find this story in Genesis 15, where Abram was falling asleep. And God comes to Abram in the dream and says, Abram, I'm going to give you a great multitude, a great nation, but they are going to be enslaved by another nation. It will be uh, greatly painful. They won't like it, but don't worry. It'll be like 400 years worth, but I'm going to eventually come and deliver them. And when I come and deliver them, they're going to be led out with great possessions. In other words, there's going to be a restoration. All of the prayers that they're praying for 400 years, God, deliver us. Get us out of this. These people are horrible. We don't like it in Egypt. Get us out of here. God says, I'm going to hear those prayers, and I will answer them. But can you imagine what it was like for 400 years to pray for something that never happened? The pain of today's unanswered prayers can, can be met with the promise of tomorrow's deliverance knowing that God who began a good work is going to finish a work. This is why God made himself known as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Why? Because your prayers don't have a shelf life with God. If he doesn't answer it in this lifetime, maybe it'll be in the lifetime of your grandkids that he answers those prayers. So what do we do? What do we do? I think we find ourselves in a place where we recognize that when prayers go unanswered, it doesn't mean that prayers that God leaves us empty-handed in the process. When prayers go unanswered, and if they go unanswered in your life, you need to trust the Father to not leave you empty-handed in the process. Pastor, what do you mean? I mean that 
behind every no that you seem like you get from God, there's always a yes that follows. Pastor, I still don't understand. Well, let me give you some scripture on it. No, you will walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You're gonna have to face death. It's gonna come in your lifetime. But I will give you my abiding peace and presence, Psalms 23. That even though you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, I will be with you. It's a yes behind the no. No, I can't answer every mystery. No, I can't remove every trouble from coming your way. No, I won't stop the arrows from flying at you. But my peace will abound and I will be your shield and your protector. Isaiah, Psalm 91, John 17, Philippians 4. No, I won't give you everything you want. But I will always provide for what you need. Just look at the children of Israel. Look at what Jesus says in Matthew 6. No, I won't remove the enemy's advances and temptations that come your way. Nope. You're going to face temptations. It's going to come. I know you're praying for it not to ever happen, but it's going to happen. But I will give you grace that will sustain you and strengthen in you so that you can keep the faith in the process. It's a no and a yes at the same time. Because sometimes what we pray, God says, I actually have something better I want to give you than what you're praying. That's the God we get to trust. So when prayers go unanswered, God doesn't leave us empty-handed in the process. Prayers do go unanswered. But we don't stop praying. We don't stop praying. We don't stop praying. Unbelief might hinder us in a moment from, from maybe praying one time, but please don't let an unanswered prayer create such an unbelief that you don't pray again. Friends, I came to plead with you to encourage you that we would continue to pray and obey continually. God's word instructs us to pray, your will be done, God. I know it's not what I thought or what I wanted, and it feels like it's being unanswered, God. I know it doesn't seem like we're making headway. It seems like you're still not answering this prayer, but God, I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep believing. I'm going to keep coming to you as a good father who knows and sees and knows. God, I know I haven't been married yet. I haven't found Mrs. Wright or Mr. Perfect yet, but I'm going to keep believing and trusting that you are working something in my life. God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to pray again. Again and again. Friends, nowhere in Scripture are we told to only pray the prayers that are 100% guaranteed to be answered. It's not like some prayer quarterback rating where we're trying to get a 100% completion rating. I'm a perfect 7 for 7 today on my prayers. No, it doesn't work that way. In the Lord's Prayer, where He taught us to pray, Your will be done. This is a moment this week when we pray the Lord's Prayer. And I challenge you to pray the Lord's Prayer every day this week. And when you get to this moment where you pray, God, Your will be done, pause and ask God if there are any motives in your heart that do not align with His Word. Ask the Lord, Is there anything that you've been lamenting that you need to acknowledge? Is there pain that you've been harboring that you need to release and get back to God? Is there something that God is saying, I want you to keep praying and 
until I see the answer. Pause this week and pray. Not my will, but your will be done. Friends, Jesus is the greatest example of this for us. What do you mean, Pastor? I mean that when prayers go unanswered, the life of Jesus shows us that we can remain faithful. That we can trust, keep trusting. See, to pray a prayer one time requires faith. To pray a prayer a second, third, fourth, fiftieth, a hundred time, that requires faithfulness. God calls us not to just have faith, but to live faithful lives. And this is what Jesus demonstrated. This is what it looks like to pray. This is what scripture shows us, that joy comes in the morning. It's the the persistent widow that just kept on praying, kept on going before the judge saying, hey, 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 would you hear this case? Hey, 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 would you hear this case? It's it's this persistence in prayer that, that we say your will be done and we keep praying it until God's will is done. Until what we're praying, till God shifts who we are or we see him break through with it. It's this moment where Jesus had prayed in the garden. Not my will, Lord, but your will be done. Lord, I want this cup. Get it out. Let's do this any other way. Do you have a plan B, God? I'd really like to look at plan B, Father. And if there's any way, let it pass. Nevertheless, not my will, your will be done. You find yourself and you find Jesus sitting there on the cross. Clouds are going dark. He's been nailed there to the cross. And he prays this prayer. He says, Eli, Eli, lemma sabachthani. Which simply means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus wasn't slipping into a transactional approach to God. God, I've done everything right. Why have you left me? Jesus was acknowledging, God, I prayed a prayer for the cup to pass. But it didn't. And I feel abandoned, and I feel alone. And for the first time in Jesus' life, he felt separated from the Father, it seems like. It was in that moment that the pain that you feel of an unanswered prayer, the grief and the lament that you would carry in your unanswered prayer, you now have a Savior who knows exactly what that's like to. To be faced with the pain, the agony, the, the, the wondering. This prayer I prayed, it didn't happen, God. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. This is why we take communion. This is why we come and we eat the bread and we drink the juice because we come to a place where we understand that Jesus was showing us the way to the Father. We come to the table to remind ourselves that the pain we feel in this moment can be met with the promise of resurrection tomorrow. That in the moment we might be dealing and struggling and wondering, why, God, what's going on? And he says, yeah, but let's talk about what's next instead. Let's talk about you remaining faithful to him. And this is what we remind ourselves of and celebrate when we come to communion. 
we come to the Lord's table. There's a little story about a young boy who was drawing a picture, and his teacher saw the saw the picture and just looked at the young man and said, that's, that's an interesting picture. Tell me about it. The young boy looks up at his teacher and says, I'm drawing a picture of God. And the teacher just simply says, but nobody knows what God looks like. And the young student looks up and says, they will when I get finished drawing it. Jesus is the picture drawn for us of what it looks like to walk with the Father. To pray, to believe, to recognize that you have a will and God has a will, and we always need to be willing to submit our will to God's will in every prayer. And so we pray, your will be done. Let's go to the table of the Lord and let's bow our heads for just a moment. If you're in the room, maybe watching online, and as we come to this moment of reflection, thinking about the words that we've heard and the scriptures that we've examined and the things that we've shared, maybe there is some pain in your heart today because there was an unanswered prayer at some point in your life. When we take the bread, we take the bread because Jesus' body was broken to bring healing for us spirit, soul, and body. And I want you to realize that as you take the bread today, that God wants by His Spirit to bring healing to that pain in your heart. Maybe there's been some pain in your life from unanswered prayer, and you recognize it's because you've been living at your own pace, your own way, and you have never submitted to God in His ways. You've been walking in pride. And you felt like God was against you. He wasn't really against you, but you were against him. And the blood represented by the juice wants to bring forgiveness to that area in your own life. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you today? May we be willing to pray, your will be done, Father. Your will be done. Last night, he took some bread broken. He says, this is my body, which is being broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's remember together with the bread. Then he took a cup, and he looked at his followers, and he says, this represents my blood, which is being poured out for you. Every time you drink from this cup, do it remembering me, what it means. Let's receive that forgiveness today. If you're in the room, would you stand as we close in prayer together? Father, today I pray for my brothers, my sisters. God, I pray even from my own heart. Lord, there are prayers that I know I've prayed that have seemed like they have gone unanswered. And Lord, either my prayers began to change because I recognized my heart needed to change or For God, there are some things that I'm still praying about and praying for because I haven't yet seen them. Lord, just because it's been unanswered, it seems like, doesn't mean you haven't heard me. Doesn't mean you haven't heard us. Lord, you know the cries of your people and you hear them. And so, Lord, would you be near? Would you heal our broken hearts? Would you 
Help us this week to pray, your will be done, Lord, not ours. Lord, I pray a blessing over my friends, our family today. Would you bless them and keep them? Would you make your face shine on them? And would you be ever so gracious to them? Would you lift your countenance towards them and give us your peace today? In the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit, we pray. Amen. Hey, friends and family, I hope today's message was life-giving for you. I want to ask you to take a next step and go ahead and click the subscribe button so you never miss another chance to have an encounter with God. And while you're at it, take another step and share it with a friend. Maybe post it on your social network or text a coworker the link. And when you do that, you are partnering and get to be a part of seeing faith come to life in them. Hey, if Faith Church has made an impact in your life, if these messages are helping you gain traction in your faith, would you consider partnering with us financially? When you do that, it helps us widen our reach so that more people can have an encounter with the real Jesus. You can find information and ways to give on our central hub, faithchurchks.org. If you live in the Southeast Kansas region, we'd love to see it in person at one of our Sunday services. You can find those times on our hub as well, faithchurchks.org. Hey, remember this, God is for you and we love you.